Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, we're live with Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley. I'm Dory, and I'm a music mentor for serious musicians. I've been working with bands and solo artists for the past 16 years in numerous capacities, from booking to management to, to performance coaching and a whole lot more. I'm also a percussionist, a speaker, best-selling author, and I juggle a lot of plates. Oh, and I'm also in a band. <laughs> Thought I would throw that out there. So today, as usual, we are providing 30 minutes of tips, musings, and motivation for the music community. My guest today is Bongo John Metcalf. Hey, joining good, good me, afternoon, everybody. Hey, thanks for jumping in. Yeah, he's he's calling in from the Morrisville area, which is slightly north of Raleigh, for those of you outside the Raleigh area. And I'm in the Raleigh area as well. Here in NC, it is about 85 degrees out today. We're supposed to go up to that point. We are experiencing summer in March. But uh, let me just tell you a little bit about my guest here. He and I go back a ways. We both support young local talent, and he was gracious enough to join me as a judge for a Battle of the Bands event that I did in a local town. We used to do these every year, and we would have loads of very cool new bands testing out their chops and performing for big prizes in an outdoor venue. It was an amphitheater. And it was always a blast, and so I really appreciated that John came out because he was doing it for free, poor guy. Paying it forward, giving them some some good feedback and tips, and he and I have kept in touch ever since. <laughs> now, John tried to leave the music world recently, much to my chagrin, <laughs> and I'm glad, I am glad that you felt the pull <laughs> and yes, the prodding. Uh, you know, the thing is, came back. The, uh, yes, I came back. I, I've uh, I've I'm done a 180 from the direction of of, of, of attending uh, you know a college and uh, uh, trying to shift gears and into the into a mold that did not fit uh, you know I'm a I'm a round peg for the square hole kind of guy but uh, you know <laughs> something what what I would say is that uh, you know after spending 20 years of my life um, recording local artists and and, and producing mixing. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to let that go. Uh, and at the age of 48, you know, I'm just rolling with the punches and, 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 uh, and I'm having a wonderful time with, uh, uh, opening the studio up the Bongo John studio, uh, uh, in Morrisville, North Carolina. So. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I heard about the shift and, you know, I since I also do some career coaching and I also coach on entrepreneurs. So when I see somebody doing a complete 180, I'm always wondering, what? You're doing what? No, come, come back. Yes, yes. I, I felt like no, I would. Yes, go towards the light. Send it home. Yes. You're so talented. Like, can I brag on you for a minute? People, this oh. guy is one of the best drummers and percussionists around. I mean, whenever I, whenever I see him play, I'm like in awe. I mean, I really want to sign up for a master class or something. They call oh. him Bongo well, John know. for a reason because, oh, my gosh, yes. he Match. has really amazing skills, a very cool 
kid, uh, and he also he's played with a lot of people. He's in a band, and he's been playing drums and percussion for 40 years. So, you know, he's actually been at this for a while, just a few years, right? A, a, and and he's recorded with some artists. Veteran of that. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. Here's the th- here's th- here's thing is that um, with uh, as far as the, the, the notoriety, you know, if you live in, one, in one, any one particular place and woodshed quite a bit, and that's, uh, that's always, you, know, you can never woodshed enough, and I've always been one to improve and strive for, um, you know, getting that, getting, uh, you know, life is rhythm. So, so for me, um, it's always been not, not necessarily a means to an end. You know, some, 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 some drummers, younger drummers, you know, I've always encouraged they have great, all, all, you know, a certain point where you can't really compare drummers. It's like apples and oranges, or musicians mm-hmm. for that matter. They have their own unique voice, and to you know that helps me as a musician uh, throughout these years uh, to to really develop kind of a sensibility for communication as as what music's about. It's not competition. It's about the catharsis of the soul and helping, uh, you know, really getting into a groove and make people booty shake, you know. <laughs> yeah. As far as live performance, so, as far as live performance you know, it's mixing. So recording and mixing, that's, uh, that's also something that uh, is, very, is a very much of a community kind of thing, uh, getting people to communicate with each other. Because for, for me, it's hard to, you know, social media is great for finding out about events and going out and checking out live music. Um, I think, though, that sometimes people can kind of trap themselves into a, a microcosm of social media and not really get out and see the world and do things and experience, you know, live music, support live music. And that, that seems to be a passing thing. There's, there's a lot going on in this area that's really astounding, great talent in this yeah. area. So. Yeah. Yeah, most people don't realize that the Raleigh area is just chock full of really great music and a lot of great venues and so on any given night you have your choice of all these different places to go to hear live music uh, but yet yeah, it has become increasingly difficult for bands you would think it would be easier with social media but what I've found in the, the past 16 years that I've been doing this it was actually easier back in the day when you were just slapping up flyers around town to get people to come out to your show. <laughs> Like but the, now the there's, you know, there's just so many things. Yeah, there's so many things vying for their attention. Number one and number two, a lot of, especially the young people, the guy, you know, I'll catch it on YouTube or whatever. <laughs> you know, you're gonna put this yeah. on Facebook Live, right? And then he'll bother showing up. It's like, wait a second. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah, it is always a challenge. But there's lots of us out there still going out there, still either playing music or supporting local music. So oh, absolutely, uh, sharing the love. Yes, indeed, I am. Um, I had started drumming when at the age of eight, and just to kind of, uh, uh, it was uh, something that uh, was inspired by seeing a performance of Buddy Rich. Uh, oh, yeah, there you band. go. My, my dad had mentioned it at that time back then. He said, uh, hey, Buddy Rich is playing uh, with his big band. You want to go? And, of course, I was interested <laughs> in playing Pots and Pans at that time and, uh, you know, <laughs> Hitting, knocking on the walls with with drumsticks and stuff, and uh, so uh, saw the band. They allowed for me to come in, and even though I was underage, way underage. But uh, at the end of the show, uh, after the show, uh, my dad was able to speak with the manager and of, of the band, and uh, uh, and I was able to go onto the tour bus after the fact. 
This back in '76. Wow. And uh, and he was there. He was there. And and I walked up to him and he said, and and I, he said, "You play drums, kid." And this, and I went and started into uh, you know how excited I was about pots and pans. And he he stopped me, put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, "Stick with it, kid." And and that <laughs> really had a huge impact. Being that Buddy Rich was known largely so as you know, the greatest drummer in the world for for on a lot of levels. Now, of course, at that age, I wasn't aware that he was. You know, kind of uh, mean to some of his. Um, you know, he he expected 110 percent from from himself as well as his yeah. his bandmates. And I found out after the fact, many years later, that he was pretty harsh in some of his criticisms and cursing out his bandmates. But nonetheless, that's that, that <laughs> kind of brings up another thing: is that uh, um, sometimes the personalities of musicians sometimes they, they reflect. Uh, in their music, they reflect in their music, and sometimes it's a hidden thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, if you know, there's there's uh, um, all kinds of facets to making things work. Um, there was an artist, in all due respect, Nathan Davis, who is a local talent, who is just an amazing, amazing songwriter. Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 he was uh, he was he was he was living life kind of on the edge, uh, uh, and and. And his music is just unbelievably wonderful songwriting that he had. And those songs mm-hmm. carry on and, and carry his spirit forward. And, and, what, and, and, buts it. and no ifs, ands, and buts. It was, it was something that some, some artists are very, um, like very much live life in a way that is burning the candle at both ends and fueling that fire that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, can be uh, can be a, uh, Hello? You still there? Okay. Yes. I'm, One moment. Okay. 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 So nonetheless, let me, let me, um, but please reflect. I, I, I've been talking. Uh, yes. Sure. No worries. No worries. Yeah. I was <laughs> trying to mention that you've recorded some uh, artists or that uh, I know some of these guys and gals, so that's very cool. And so let's just oh, yeah, mention yeah. who you've worked with, Jason sure. Adamo, Urban Soil, Triple Fret, Soul Psychedelic. That's a, a big band. I mean, it's amazing what I mean, people I've, they have in that one. The, oh, definitely. And there's uh, that must have been interesting to record. Oh, you did the video for them, right? Yeah, for so for Urban Soil, you. I did. And then in the Soul Psychedelic uh, Orchestra, um, uh, a pilot, uh, Tom Sylvester, uh, and myself, who he has um, cameras, some some high quality cameras on the side as a hobby. Mm-hmm. We went out to the. Uh, convention center in, in Raleigh and uh, filmed and, and recorded the audio and made a promo. They're amazing parties and all, all of those people yeah. in that band. Yeah. It's just generally how I've found when you get to know all of these artists who are, who have a following or just about anyone who, who is, who's has a conviction about the spirit of music. Um, you know, it's, it's, you give give them a chance and communicate one-on-one and you'll find that, that many great things can happen as a result. And, and networking is, is is so essential, and and uh, it's it's really it's really not a money thing, you know. It's it's not it's more more anything rather than seeing, you know, music is 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 again the catharsis for the soul, and and to be able to realize that whether a crowd of one person who appreciates a band, or a crowd mm-hmm. of uh, 
of people who, you know, that's, that's better than a bunch of people who don't care about the music or they're just there to kind of socialize. But, and, and, uh, but I've found that uh, more and more in the RTP area, there's more people going out to experience live music uh, and support live music. And there's the, the talent is, if you look for it, you don't have to go far because it's, it's everywhere around here. Yeah. Yeah. So now John, what got you interested in recording? Well, you know, the thing is, is that, um, at the age of six, <laughs> my dad had an, an Akai reel-to-reel from Spain, um, mm. and uh, I would uh, sit around. My brother would record some of these uh, silly recordings of, uh, with his trumpet and make little joke recordings about horse races. And so what I would do when he would leave, my brother, he'd go out, and I would go in, and I would speed him up to make them sound like squirrels, you know, and, you know, just strange things going on. And and then, and so I got into the point, it was a four track machine and I started to realize pretty early on that, Hey, you know, wow, I can record, you know, (laughs) my dog barking as well as, you know, as as a a shaker or something and, and then, then make a, a, a story on the recorder and listen back and the multi-track, that whole multi-track, idea is is a great songwriting tool you know as i Mm -hmm. got older um so it was that machine that my my dad had which ended up in my bedroom and i had an interest in recording sounds anything you know washing machines birds you know and then other kids and then and then as as i got into my first band i was already uh at the age of 18 i was uh i was in bethany oklahoma uh, I was um, very much in, had a songwriting kind of approach and, and a sensibility. So that's if that answers the question. I'm not sure. But <laughs> <laughs> so, but nonetheless, yeah, but, but, but 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 yes, that's that's what got me interested in recording is being able to the desire to be able to capture any kind of given sound source and embellish it or to change it uh, in some way or to, as a matter of necessity of creativity to be able to kind of realize my own sonic ideas, go back and layer other ideas on top of those. And that's, that, that's how a, a big part of the process for my solo records was that. Of course, I don't have a Bongo John band yet. <laughs> so, but it, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it rolls right, as far as that. <laughs> cool. So and, I have uh, had. Thing, uh, oh, go ahead. I was say, I've had several guests uh, so far who either are current musicians or former musicians, but they're also mm-hmm. doing recording now. So, and I know right. that everybody has a slightly different approach to the process. Would you mind sharing right. a little bit of yours? Sure. I mean, uh, you know, here's the thing: is when tracking, it's of course it's good to have. For, for the recording engineer in me, I'm a, you know, I'm a drummer, but also a recording engineer. But when tracking, it's, it's important to have some essential things lined up, such as good pre's, preamps, uh, microphone selection, uh, mic placement, uh, the room in which an instrument or instruments are tracked, the level of comfort, more importantly, the level of comfort and creativity of an artist and getting the best performance. Usually the first take is the best take. And, and the thing is, is that um, I have found that 
it's not necessarily the quality of recordings, even though I try to achieve the best quality, because ideally any artist should be able to rock out to transistor radio or any, any kind of sound. You look at the old uh, Stevie Wonder uh, albums, and those, those recordings of drums were not exactly you know, super high fidelity, but he played them with soul because he also played drums. Yeah. And, 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 and even though it may have been recorded in, in that, that time, but, I mean, those were great drum tones in their own right, but they were also, to, in, in modern standards, would be thought of as something as lo-fi which is not necessarily, mm-hmm. that's not the point. The point is to capture the, the energy and the, and the element of the song. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, so sound quality, the resiliency, the amount of gloss or production, that's really kind of impertinent when it comes to uh, realizing the artist's vision and getting the performance of what there, there is. So even though that's really important, I, my opinion is that, you know, just try to capture the, the essence of the song any given you know, artist's uh, records. Gotcha. So now, John, you've recorded both solo artists and, and bands. What do you think yes. people need to have in place before they decide to record an, an EP, a, a CD, or even do a video? Well, uh, any, any given artist who comes through here should have, uh, should be well-rehearsed, of course. <laughs> And uh, yeah. have their songs down. That helps because that saves them on cost, so they're not having to work parts out in the studio unless they, you know, can fund that. And uh, it's uh, um, the wherewithal is it's, it's as as with any given uh, industry uh, or any any given profession to be punctual, professional, and also enjoy the process you know, of, of mm-hmm. recording. Particularly, that's important because it. It's uh, I, whenever there's been a headbutt or some kind of per- personality difference or, or some kind of drama. Of course, everyone wants to avoid drama, and uh, mm-hmm. you know try to avoid it. And then w- if, if that does happen, I tell a bad joke or something. I say take five, and we'll <laughs> we'll resume in a moment. But that's actually mm-hmm. never really happened here, so I'm I'm thankful for that. And uh, you know if, if if anything kind of creates an issue of of uh, of uh, slowing down the creative process or hindering it, then I usually try to find a way to lighten the matter and help uh, artists feel comfortable with, uh, you know, one, one facet of that is to, is to uh, keep technology transparent, keep it in the background, you know, having the mastery of that to be able to, to, to keep the technical aspect, the element of uh, any kind of, uh, because cause the sooner to get to the point of pressing record <laughs> rather than, mm-hmm. you know, having to deal with any kind of rigmarole of any kind of, uh, that's all I want to be able to say is, okay, okay, we're ready to roll. Okay. You know, and that kind of mm-hmm. idea really helps the creativity uh, in, in being, you know, unhindered in any way. And, and uh, there's, gosh darn, there's been some great music in this room <laughs> in the past 20 years. <laughs> okay. so it really has. So, yes, indeed. So, for you, what's the most rewarding thing, do you think, about recording or playing? Um, well, you know, it's it's something that, uh, it's, uh, as stated earlier, it's a catharsis for the soul to, to help artists realize their musical vision and bringing the, the gifts of song to the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, with recording, 
uh, I do find great satisfaction, not only in the process of recording and mixing, but also being part of a great community of talent and, 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 and people who are genuinely uh, have a vested interest, you know, you know, it's not love from the mind, but from the, the heart, you know, and giving out because mm-hmm. it's a gift to, you know, literally the sound traveling to other people's right. ears and be able to receive and yeah. feel that music, you know, Right. And, you so know, now you also do. Uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so you also gonna... do some producing as well, right? So you help with that yeah. piece. Yeah. Well, you know the thing is, is that production. A producer's role back in the day, such as you know, when we had a record, when there was recordings of the late Tom Dowd, who was, has a great DVD called The Language of Music. Um, it's it's really he was incredible. He was a physicist on the Manhattan Project. Uh, he worked with Aretha Franklin. Uh, I do believe it was Ray Charles, Leonard Skinner. Uh, he, he was pretty much with, in conjunction with Les Paul at the time the 8-track machine came out in the U.S. and the U.K. was still working with the 4-track. And, and so he, he did not really have the producer. He had the, he had the, the original idea of what a producer is. And that's not to be a moneymaker, but to find the strengths of an artist and if there's weaknesses to help them improve on that. Because that's really what production is about. Because a lot of artists have great ideas. They might have a few things that need to be worked on. I do believe that Tom Dowd helped Aretha Franklin with piano playing a little bit too. And so mm-hmm. the thing is, is that that's just it. Because uh, you should not have the mindset of, you know, how can I bank or make money uh, given that this artist is this successful? There's great, there's, it's just about choices. It's about finding the greatness in any given artist and helping them as far as producing to, to bring them to the next level. So that's, that's, oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's all part of it for sure. And folks, really, you never know with live radio because he and I can't see each other, so we have no idea. Right, right, right. Finishing sentences and there's no body language. Yeah. Or so we're kind of just going with it. So bear with us here. But gotcha. anyway, John, I know I, I'd like you to share a little bit about uh, when you were thinking of, of walking away. What what advice would you give to someone who's thinking of throwing in the towel, you know, in order to pursue a, a day job or to do something more practical? We all hear that. What are you doing that for? Well, you should be doing something yeah. practical. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's, I have the mindset that um, being a musician or a songwriter is just as legitimate as being a doctor, a banker, a lawyer, an accountant. It's just a different set of parameters. And, and so it's, it's the fine arts, if, if that is something that people want in their lives, and of course people want that, uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 life becomes pretty stale if, if people are not uh, allowing, I mean, I'm not going to mention any who's who's of people higher ups, but you know, the National Endowment of the Arts, we need that. We need yeah, a national yeah. endowment for the arts, and, and we need we need to keep music in schools and and and, and children and you know kids people growing up. If if we don't have music, we really have kind of missed the point of life, in my opinion. Right. This music you know, is is so essential. 
Yeah, that is a great point, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned a bit about the schools because I speak about that a lot. In fact, oh, back in the day, my first business was Next Stage Educational Services, and I actually was a self-appointed advocate for gifted, talented, and creative kids because of the fact that the schools were taking away so many services because for different political reasons, and they claimed it was funding, but I've tried to explain to them, you cannot take music and art away from these kids, away from any kid, because you're really doing them a disservice. This is all part of their education, number one. It helps them be more creative. It helps them focus better and actually want to come to school because, you know, it's much more oh, fun yeah. than uh, some of their other classes. That, but, yeah, it, it just bothers oh, yeah, the mind. Them, People don't see the value. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, not only has it been shown that that student, you know, kids do better in their other subjects if there's music as part of their curriculum, you know, of what they're doing. So it's uh, and and there's there's a part of me that also wants to be a rebel and say, well, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it really depends on the genre of music, uh, <laughs> and and also what the intent and and what and it boils down to what success, what is success for any given individual, is it being. Right. 15 minutes of fame, rock and roll stardom, or is it just being able to do music for a living or be able to have the time to, uh, mm-hmm. to create, you know, and, and that idea. So it really, some, some people have a really humble kind of way of looking at it and just want to be able to, to be able to make a living with music. Uh, and, uh, or it's not even that they might have a, a like an actual day job of some kind, uh, and then maybe on the side and be a weekend warrior with, with gigs. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, then we have, you know, there's the exceptions of, of people, you know, it was the music industry say, uh, uh, how are we doing on time? We just have a few more minutes. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to go into laments, but I've been, I've been very pleased overall in the, it's particularly uh, in the past uh Five years, ten years, it it's really has become a great scene here in the Raleigh, uh, uh, North Carolina. Uh, um, it's uh, just all over. It's just more people are, are getting uh, excited and, and going out and experiencing live music and recording as a result, too. So that's what I, I spend time with that, too. So awesome. as far as going awesome. out and finding artists, it's just all kinds of great talent. Good deal. Now, John, do you have a final thought or a tip to share with our listeners? Sure, yes. Um, success is not a destination. Uh, it's, a, it's a state of mind with every choice we make. It's better to give than receive. Be sure to love the one you're with. <laughs> and love is the answer. Yes, love is the answer. And it's, it's, there we go. That's why the, your, the title for your episode, I knew I had to put the word love in there somewhere, so I called it for the love of music, rhythm recording and returning to your roots. So I'm glad, John, you came back to your roots and you came back to uh, recording and playing great music. I know that you also are a composer and some of your music has appeared in films, so that's very, very cool. And uh, you're in a band called Cosmic Superheroes, which is awesome, and you're just a really busy guy. <laughs> So, people oh, yeah. are listening here. Keep in mind that this guy has been written up in Modern Drummer Magazine as well as Drum Magazine. 
He's got a drum book called The Bongo Method that comes with a corresponding 45-minute video tutorial. He's available for recording, obviously. <laughs> and please make sure that you <laughs> check out his website, johnmetcalfproductions.com. I'll spell the last name in case you're on your phone or something. It's M-E-T-C-A-L-F, metcalfproductions.com. <laughs> If you're looking for me, I would love to chat with you to see if I can help you in any way. I do offer free strategy sessions via phone, Skype, Zoom, or whatever floats your boat. You can just go to rockthenextstage.com. You can fill out the contact form or shoot me an email, dory, D-O-R-I, at rockthenextstage.com. My book is Find Your Divine Rhythm, a creative success formula. It's like a coaching program and a book along with my triumph over adversity story about how drumming literally saved my life. So it's the incredible power of music. But John, thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate you jumping in here and filling in. We had a little last minute slot to fill and you were you were right there. So what a trooper. Thanks so much. <laughs> and I hope Thank you. I hope you have a great day and definitely we'll keep in touch and I'll keep sending you people, man, so don't worry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> good, good, Thank good. You. Have a great. So, have a great day. Go ahead. Thanks. All right. Until uh, next Wednesday, I'll uh, <laughs> come back again for Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Keep on rocking. Bye for now. Keep on rocking. <laughs>